Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Niamat's fourth mental health awareness session, and in this episode, we have the very well-renowned psychotherapist and counselor Priyanka Mansinka talk to us about what it means to build secure relations between a child and a parent, and the impact that has throughout our lives. Here it is. What is the difference uh, between a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, and a psychiatrist? You know, there are so many uh, different titles uh, for a mental health practitioner. And uh, who should be consulted for children, you know, between uh, the 12 to 15 years of age, let's say? Okay. Uh, so, the uh, difference between a psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, and a therapist. Let us first understand that. A psychiatrist is a person who is medically qualified to prescribe medication. So I can put psychologist, counselor and therapist on one side and I'll put the psychiatrist on the other side. So psychiatrist is the only person who is medically qualified to prescribe medication. A psychologist or a therapist or a counselor, they cannot prescribe medication because they are not medically qualified. They are more of postgraduate in counseling psychology. Okay. So they do therapies, they conduct sessions, some of them are qualified to diagnose, to do the testings for illness, but none of the psychologist, therapist or a counsellor can prescribe medication. So that is the basic difference. And whom to consult for a problem of a child? Most of the issues can be solved by therapy. So the first step would be to consult a therapist to see uh, for help. If the therapist feels that the issues are severe or Probably the child need medication. That is where you need to go to a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, how you go to a physician, then your physician tell you to go to a more specialized doctor or probably ask you for a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So here you first go to a therapist or a counselor, depending. But now to take a difference between a therapist and a counselor. Counselors are like we have school counselors. We have uh, career counselors. So counselors work on a specific problem. So when we talk about school counsellor, they would deal with behavioural issue or learning disabilities. So there is a particular area that they work on. Counsellings are normally short-term sessions, focusing on a particular problem. But when it's come to therapy, when I say a psychotherapist, they work on your overall personality, your environment, your family, they go deeper. So normally therapy sessions are more long-term and they work on deeper issues your self-esteem, your childhood trauma, your inner child healing, all that comes as a part of therapy. I hope it makes things clear. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely it does. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for that, Priyanka. I think, you know, for... Yeah, that's a much needed clarity. There was, there was yeah. a lot of noise out there. <laughs> very important to know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, for physical yeah. uh, diseases, I think a lot of times... Uh, you know, the you expect that, okay, after two, three sessions, you'll be back to normal and you'll be healthy again. But for mental health, obviously, our brain is a lot more complicated organ than most. And it's going to take time. So thank you so much for pointing that out, that, you know, counseling sessions will take time. And if you are dealing with mental health issues, then they will not be solved overnight. So thank you so much. For right. that, Does anyone uh, have any further uh, questions about that? All right. 
anytime you have any questions or any uh, thing that you want to clarify please feel free to uh, either enter them in the chat or uh, unmute yourself yeah we want this to be interactive and we really want uh, you to get the knowledge uh, that as much knowledge as you can get right uh, so okay let's move on to the next question how do i determine if my child needs therapy or how do i uh, determine if my child is like if he's just being easily dis uh, distracted or forgetful or uh, if he's actually dealing with something some like there's something created at play uh, so should when do you basically determine that a child needs to see a therapist a child needs to see a therapist would depend like what i said on the first question that there are a lot of symptoms you know mm -hmm. so we cannot uh, just pick up one attribute and say that a child needs therapy during the growing years when i'm talking about teens or you're talking about preteens mm -hmm. there are a lot of things which looks concerning to a parent but which goes by itself over a time like worrying you know a lot of time you see your child being very worried about exams about new school about making friends so there are a lot of milestone that child is crossing it every year and that every child takes it in a different way some children worry a lot or they retrieve or they show tantrums so some of these behaviors are a normal part of growing up so it is very understand it is very important for parents to understand to have that uh, that these are the normal growing challenges and not to worry about it but when these symptoms are started to interfere into your day to day life and a child is retrieving from uh, you know meeting his or her friends child doesn't want to talk to people they are avoiding social interaction when it is coming in the way to their day to day functioning they don't want to go to school they are constantly crying throwing tantrums they don't want to meet uh, meet uh, uh, relatives they don't want to meet friends so when it is coming in your daily functioning and it is happening very persistently that is where it is a matter of concerns because most of the worries most of these tantrums they go with time but when it is not going and you see it happening continuously over a long period of time then one should seek help thank you so much for that priyanka i think uh, that's a very very good way to put it uh, does anybody have any additional inputs uh, to that mirachi i'd like to ask you priyanka yes so um so uh, growing up uh, growing up i felt as though in our society there's <clears throat> a lot of defining moments <clears throat> as you grow up you know in school you have exams <clears throat> excuse me Yes, in school as you grow up, you have exams, and there's very quantitative metrics that that decide how capable you are, or how qualified you are, or and there's benchmarks for performances, especially in in a culture that is in a society that is as competitive or as I I can say hyper competitive. That would not be an extreme as ours. Do you think worrying has been normalized too much? Because as a person who later in life discovered that. the amount i was worrying wasn't okay wasn't normal um i i when i looked back on my on my growing years on the years where i had very high academic pressure i always felt like <clears throat> i used to always convince myself that it's the normal amount to worry about an exam it's the normal amount to worry about you know what your friends think of you or how well you're doing at sports so do you think that there is a point of difference that can be identified where <clears throat> 
you can tell whether your child is is worrying excessively or just concerned appropriately okay yeah so uh, you, you are right because our society has so many pressures and fixed rules and to walk by them and the competitive society we live in worry tends to be a normal outcome of it children feeling the pressure of performance the peer pressure and lot many things so some when i said the worry start interfering into your normal functionality so giving an example of exams if i have exams and i am having sleepless night one month before my exams i am waking up middle of the night uh, you're not thinking about it my appetite is changing my mood is changing if it is a long term thing which is interfering in my day to day life then my worry is not a normal worry i need help i need support and the first level of help comes from the parent trying to reassure talk and understand when that is not working then i need to seek professional help so when my worry start interfering in my day to day life and it start interfering in my well being when it comes in the way of my functioning is where it is not a normal worry it is a concern Thank you, Priyanka. That's actually a very useful gauge. You know, when something starts to interfere with your daily functioning, it's a very good gauge to tell. And, and, and you know, you pointed out so beautifully. Not only as children, even if I look at adults today, so many of us we are living in anxiety and depression, but we don't know where to draw the line and say that I am not fine because we make it as a part of life. You know. to have sleepless night to uh, feel low to be anxious to feel listless throughout the day but still we can live with it because we think i have been like this for so many years most of the people are like that nobody is happy and uh, we just make everything as a norm so we don't know where to draw line and say that it's enough i need to do something about it That's so true, Priyanka. I think breaking off the inertia of anything is always so challenging. But you're exactly. right. You know, we all have to fight for our own happiness and for our own peace of mind. And I think uh, the best way to start with that is through sessions like these, through conversations like these, because I think it definitely makes you more aware. Aware. Of yeah. So thank you so much for that awareness. And uh, yeah, that that was really wonderful. Yeah. Does anyone have uh, any more questions? To that. Okay. Uh, if we don't, uh, the next question is: How and when should I talk to my children about boundaries and consent? Yes. <laughs> I think this is a good one. Uh, for... Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is like okay. You know, I I deal with so many youngsters. I would you know take a little longer to answer this question. I think I can take that liberty at any if that's okay with you. Absolutely. So, <laughs> please do, please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I work a lot with youngsters, young adults, and youngsters. And believe me, even a thirty-year-old or a twenty-five or a thirty-five-year-old who comes and says, "I have self-esteem issues. I am doing so well at my job. I am doing good at everything. I don't feel loved. I don't feel accepted." And most of the most of them come and say that I don't feel loved and accepted by my parents when I was a child. And, uh, and now i seek validation from others and this is a very common problem that i am seeing i mean 
out of say 10 cases 9 i would see that people would say that i with other issues i have self esteem issues so i'm just putting it as a question that if anyone can say that what is the one root cause of a self esteem issue what is that one thing which one can say lead to affecting a child self esteem when they're growing up Uh, just a while guess here but would it be not- maybe telling them oh, yeah, that they are not enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's lack of appreciation lack yeah. of appreciation yes any other guesses any other that's good i mean both of them are right can we have more answers any more guesses i suppose a general lack of empathy in society you know when you don't see people taking care of each other supporting each other enough yeah yes yes all of you are right in some way uh, one of the biggest reason of lower self esteem is also lack of boundaries when they are growing up so when we when we talked about boundaries i just thought to get that point that setting up boundaries is so important in early years that it can affect your whole life it can affect the child's whole life if they do not understand what boundaries are from the beginning they find it very difficult to cope in later years so first let us understand that what do we understand by setting boundaries what do we mean by boundaries if in in context to children when i say we need to set boundaries what are the boundaries we are talking about so any guesses on what we understand by boundaries are we only talking in context to physical boundaries or are we only talking to teach them good touch bad touch and your body is your body or is there more to setting boundaries i think it's uh... when you know you're trying to micromanage the life of someone else so for example if a child is trying to choose their own friend group if they want to associate with them them with like certain with a certain bunch of kids and the parent steps in and says that no you can't be friends with that child because of this and this and this reason and they're not really trying to give a rational ex- re- explanation to the child and they're just saying no you can't because i said you can't i suppose exactly yeah So what is happening in this event? We are trying to reach whose we are trying to step into whose boundary? The child's boundary. Yes. As a parent, I am trying to because I am not looking at the child as an individual identity. You know, coming from an Indian culture, मेरा बच्चा, मेरा बच्चा मेरे हिसाब से मतलब बच्चा बच्चा ही रह जाता है चाहे वो पचास साल का हो जाए. <laughs> we are still trying to mother the child as we want to do even to a fifty-year-old. मेरा बच्चा मेरा बच्चा ये खाएगा अभी उसका choice change हो गया है he's grown up he's become health conscious उसको पूरी नहीं खाना है लेकिन मेरा बच्चा उसको बचपन में पसंद था ये ही खाएगा so <laughs> we are very stuck mm-hmm. and you know especially when we talk about Indian culture it gets very difficult to uh you know look at boundary setting because we start feeling that we are losing control mm-hmm. so first the parent need to understand that they have to create boundaries for themselves they have to know their own boundaries mm-hmm. before setting up boundaries for children it is important to understand what are my boundaries what is that i value when i say limits we need to know 
what is that i value i mean it is always good to write as a parent on a paper that what are my values what are my expectations what is that i want from my child so once i have a clear understanding i am able to demarcate i am able to set up you know things Mm-hmm. so once i do not have clear boundaries i do not display it in my behavior it get very difficult to set healthy boundaries for children so if i do not respect my own self and then when the child is growing up and say my child don't respect my work you know she is constantly yelling she is constantly seeking attention they don't care that i am talking to a client or i am busy so did i respect my work did i make it clear did it voice it out that look when i'm working 3 hours i do not want anyone to disturb me did i give importance to my own self did i set healthy boundaries in my relationship you know i mean a child can even teach a boundary like uh, in many houses it is very normal when a child can enter a parent's room without knocking even when you know the two of the parents are in the room now when the parent is doing the same thing and a child says that i need a privacy the parent get hurt and say how can you talk like that mm. but if you did not value your privacy and you never told the child that even you would appreciate that a child can say it and it is okay mm. a child can have its own preferences we have to value child as an individual so when we say boundaries it does mean to give them limits to let them know the concept of space the concept of giving healthy space and boundaries can be considered on two levels the physical boundary where we teach them that how to keep your body to yourself why to take care of your body not allowing others to you know um, interfere into your space and emotional boundaries how to say no and it is okay if someone says no my action and my behavior and my emotion is my responsibility so boundary is very important for children to learn responsibility when we set limits they learn to accept no they learn to take responsibility of their action so the right way of setting boundary would be to do it together not force it on them because boundary is like setting limits mm-hmm. so if i am setting screen times or i am setting limits on other things that is important to do it together mm-hmm. you know you and the child sitting together and deciding what is doable and what is not doable what is allowed and what is not allowed and what are the limits and then sticking to your word lot of time i have seen parent they would define something and to their own convenience they will change it so i say one hour of screen time but now i am wanting some more space for myself and a child come and say mamma another half an hour ओके 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 बस आधी घंटा ही और देखना उसके बाद नहीं बिकॉज नाउ आई नीड टाइम आई डोंट केयर हु बाउंड्रीज गेटिंग रीच आई वांट टू स्लीप मोर और आई वांट टाइम फॉर माय सेल्फ सो आई विल बिकम अ लिबरल मदर एंड द डे इज आई हैव टाइम टू मैनेज यू फिनिश योर 59 मिनट्स जस्ट 1 मिनट लेफ्ट यू कांट सी बॉय यू नो वी डिसाइडेड 60 मिनट्स सो व्हेन आई एम सेटिंग रूल्स आई हैव टू अबाइड बाय दोस रूल्स setting boundaries is easy but i feel more than children parent default on boundaries they find it difficult to be on the same rules that they have set when we expect honesty there are a lot of time that in very loose context we say things where children pick it up 
you know a phone is there and you are getting late you tell the child just say mama is in the lift mama has left <laughs> so we expect them to be honest but mm-hmm. our behavior would display that chalta hai that chalta hai attitude thoda bahut jhoot chalta hai if i say little bit here and there it's workable if i need to sleep more you can watch more tv but if i am not sleeping i will not allow more than one hour so when we are setting boundaries it is very important to do it together with your children that is very important to display it in your own behavior it is very important to abide by the rules that you made and follow it up that is where the children will learn to respect those rules because they learn more from what they see not what you preach so my behavior would give them better understanding of boundaries rather than what i'm telling them to do how much i respect myself what are my values what are my expectation what is the behavior i am modeling on my day to day life yeah that was incredible priyanka thank you so much for that you are mute ranya yeah yeah i think that ananya you are on mute okay oh yeah sorry yeah. about that but thank you so much priyanka i think uh, that was incredible i think everyone uh, in it can relate to this because i think everyone's had parents who have you know established rules that we often we often like we can't really find the logic in that but then somehow we just trust that oh no this is going to be for the better you know right. and uh, i think um, yeah i think just when you have a certain rationale to okay why is this rule inflicted on me all right so like 30 minutes of screen time it kind of makes sense because your eyes would be affected if you like go beyond that you know but then uh like you've mentioned yeah there are a lot of times when uh, parents themselves don't abide by the rules that they have set so that was really funny and i think um that's a beautiful way to just you know make sense of the fact that all of us are imperfect you know and yeah. uh, the one thing that keeps a parent going beyond anything else is just the fact that they want good for their child they love their child and it's okay to falter as long as you are willing to take, take an effort to just get better you know and to be aware where are you kind of faltering yeah exactly so that was you know uh, ramya it becomes something that you just said you said mm-hmm. uh, that um, you would like to have a rationale behind the rule mm-hmm. and then you said you wonder as a child why it was inflicted on you Mm-hmm. So that's actually something very interesting that we were discussing a few days ago, and I went back and I discussed with my friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, just for a little context for everyone, uh, so we we are we are fresh grads. We graduated last summer, and uh, we have all moved back in with our parents in this lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I am twenty two years old, and <laughs> I still ask my mother before I leave the house every time, <laughs> or let her know at the very least. And uh, I think this brings us to uh, like you know setting boundaries and setting rules. It brings us to a very important point in the discussion. So um, in our culture, it isn't just true for me; it's true for all of my friends. We are we all have to go and seek permission before we make weekend plans, and we all have nine pm curfews. We never stay out later than that. And uh, so I guess when now when we're older, we realize that we don't want to be out past nine, and we feel like it is a choice for us. but growing up when we were held back from doing something even if we didn't necessarily want to do it it felt like we felt powerless we felt like we lacked that choice we didn't have any choice and we didn't have any say right so um in simple things like these in say making small purchases you know buying say a packet of chips 
or in just deciding what your play time should be on your own for for teenage children especially between ages say 12 and 16 um <clears throat> what is a healthy way of making rules such that it doesn't compromise your child's sense of independence identity yes so yeah i think that was one point which i missed on while saying and good you got it so <laughs> uh so i think a healthy way of setting up boundaries where offending the child's individuality would be can you hear me because i think we're losing little connection yeah so yeah, yeah. so healthy way of doing would be to uh, you know let them know the natural consequences not using it as a threat and power rather letting them know about the natural consequences of their decision so as i said to involve them in boundary setting so i did not say that you make the rules and you go and tell them you have to involve them so when you are making a decision obviously they would question that why i have to watch one hour of tv or why do i have to get home by 9 pm my other friends are partying till 12 you know their parents don't have a problem you have a problem so <laughs> so you have to allow them for natural consequences that like what do you think can be the reason for me telling you to come home at 9 what are the reasons what are my concern areas do you think those concerns are valid do you think that uh, am i saying something which is to uh, you know make you feel sad or bounded or it is for your safety so allowing them to understand the deeper reasons behind it and that also help them as an adult to make decisions in life where they learn to evaluate the pros and cons of their decisions so you give them choice you help them to explore you don't tell them that okay you do this and especially that's a very good point that you know mirakshi has got it that in nowadays when children are more open i mean maybe she heard it at her age but if you're talking about millennium kids now and if you tell them they would say why i mean i am a grown up i can take care you think i mean uh, don't worry mom you sleep i'll be there and give me a house keys and we'll manage so <laughs> so i think in today's time it is very important for children to help children to make conscious decisions not trying to force decision but let and when we talk to them it is very important to use i language that's another thing so rather than saying that um, because of you i can't sleep can put it up like i am concerned mm. i get worried i get sleepless night when you are out mm. i am scared it's not about you but it is about the world it is about the outside society we don't feel it is safe we hear so many things in the news every day we are hearing about so many rape cases so many other problems that gives me worry so when you talk about your feeling in an honest way child respects it mm. they don't take it as a control they understand where are you coming from so it's more of an emotional connect which lead to less of rebel behavior but when you try to put it as a rule you can't do it i said it you can't go that's done we are not discussing so that lead to lot of suppressed emotion which can lead to lot of rebel behavior or i've seen children who do it chup chup ke types you know mm. they would still do what they want to do but uh, in a more shiny fashion so if you don't want to reach that stage it is better to be honest let it be a little vulnerability coming between you and your child where you expose yourself that these are my fears these are my worries because of which 
I feel like this. And if they're able to talk it out, they can express their feelings. And I'm sure they would respect you better for that. Rather than feeling it like a compulsion, they you would have a better bonding with your child as well. That's yeah. really good advice, Priyanka. Thanks for that. Uh-huh. I find it very interesting uh, when you mentioned that uh, the children of today, the millennials, uh, they feel a lot more comfortable about, you know, uh, talking back to their parents. <laughs> and uh, when I look at that, I have seen that. And I know, how are you doing this? <laughs> is this, no, a, no, this is a different no, skill? <laughs> Because we were so scared, I think, you know, uh, most of us, I think in this call, we probably never had the courage to, you know, uh, question our parents. If they said, if they said something, it was set in stone, you know. But how do you think that changes happen? I mean, we can attribute it to, you know, the internet and everybody just having this influx of knowledge. Do you think that it's a good change overall of millennials becoming more open and um, forthcoming with their parents? Ananya, such a tricky question you asked. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you can me, relate to it on a personal level as well. Yeah, you are, yeah, you're you want to know we are on the right side. That's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> you're making, making me walk a tightrope. <laughs> so, so, I think there is pros and cons to everything, right? Mm-hmm. But when I see one aspect of uh, today's children being more open, when you're talking about the factors contributing to that, along with internet, which is definitely one of uh, the biggest, uh, the ability of knowledge, the ability of exposure that they have. Mm-hmm. One more thing which I feel has contributed is nuclear families. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it now, people are living in a very small setup. You know, most, uh, I mean, people have one child or two child and a single family, nuclear family concept. Mm-hmm. So where the child becomes the center of attention for everything when they're growing up. And now you have double income, no kids or double income, one child kind of setup mm-hmm. where people have all the facilities, liberties and everything there for the child. Mm-hmm. Adding up with our, uh, what do you call it? 20 minutes Domino's pizza, uh, the instant <laughs> gratification angle coming in. <laughs> so uh, that's again contributing to all of that where the child is learning to get everything that they want, that instant gratification. I want to eat this, I order on Zomato, I get it in 10 minutes or a free delivery. Mm-hmm. So I start feeling that I can control everything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to develop self-control. I don't need to develop tolerance. And obviously, that is leading to a lot of rebel behavior. I mean, now talking about the attributes that why it is happening and why this shift. So along with technology, all these changes that we are seeing today, which we call as convenience or comfort, it is somewhere also playing on a psyche. And I would say they're playing on a psyche in a negative way. Because instant gratification is one of the biggest reasons contributing to depression in later years. Because when I start living in a world where everything has to be at my will, like, you know, like a genie standing in front of me, genie, get me this. And the day the genie is not functioning, the world is not functioning as per me, Mm I am all broken and shaken. Mm -hmm. I can't take a no. Mm -hmm. I can't say some of my friends not playing, I am disheartened. My Mm -hmm. friend not replying to my call and people get anxiety. Mm-hmm. I have message he reply Blue tick to reply anxiety Because my frustration, tolerance, my patience level has really gone down. Mm-hmm. I have got used to this instant world. Mm-hmm. 
which is creating lot of these impulsive behavior in children lot of these retaliations because they start believing the world functions as per me mm. because my parents in my growing up era did not stop me did not teach me how to say no did not set healthy boundaries so i am you know born and i've been living in that world where i feel i can get whatever i want mm. half of the credit goes to the internet and the technology and other half goes to our parents who are doing it out of love but then sometimes that love is also spoiling the child mm. it is also coming in the way of me learning to not have things mm. and that is i think the where the children are getting more bold children are kind of uh, voicing out more mm-hmm. and you talking about as i said the negative impact of it is yes not learning tolerance at home not learning to be patient at home it definitely uh, you know uh, comes as something i would say unhealthy or unharmful in my later years because the world will not abide by me when i go to a job then i have issues with my bosses i have issues listening from people Mm-hmm. you know ek wo hindi movie ka dialogue tha maine apne baap ki nahi suni to why would i listen to you kaise hote so then we are moving on to that kind of a stand where mm-hmm. i can't hear no i mean people are changing jobs mm-hmm. people are finding difficult to sustain because they can't take it their mm-hmm. frustration tolerance their patience levels are going down mm-hmm. so if you're saying that is it good i mean that choice you have to make that where are you heading that's really interesting i see it as you know two different extremes i think uh, you know when we think of like the generation of our parents they really had to struggle when uh, you know to like build their own careers or to just like throughout life like we keep hearing that ram and sat like river park here to get to school those kind mm-hmm. of stories but uh, <laughs> i think um, what also was a downside of that generation was they you couldn't open up about uh, like if you were feeling a little too stressed out or if you were depressed you would have no way of knowing because one the internet wasn't there and you can't talk to anyone in your family about it because it's apparently not sanskari so um but now i think so so i guess there was like an, a downside to that as well as a benefit to that but i now, agree no i yeah. agree maybe i didn't speak about the downside yes i mean when you're talking about the people who are coming to me at the age of 40 and they say that you know i was always surprised i'd even gone through abuse and i couldn't speak to my parent at that point of a time so more than mm-hmm. abuse it is a feeling of not being heard and i had nobody which mm-hmm. definitely comes from that gap that we see at that point of a time where it was like a one man show where the parent would the one who would decide and the gap the communication gaps were very high between the parent and a child mm. leading to these kind of things where the child is traumatized but cannot voice it out the child mm. felt lonely the child felt left out mm. they didn't feel the connect mm. so obviously that downside i 100% agree that today the parents are more liberal there is more transparency there is more communication which is happening mm. which is a good part of it which was missing when you know it was more of parents rule or the parents were the one who were deciding mm. so uh, definitely everything has its own pros and cons but if you ask me honestly i see not you know rather than maintaining the pendulum we are going on the other extreme mm-hmm. so so if at one point we were at the extreme where the parents were the one who were you know handling everything today we are moving on to the extreme where we are giving too much of freedom and too much of right to children to 
uh, uh, you know, to even do justice to that freedom. So maybe we'll get a balance with time. That's really, really well said. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, all of us should be trying to strive for that kind of balance. But um, yeah, a really, really uh, interesting uh, discussion there. Uh, does anyone have any questions or inputs to that? Okay. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah, so how do we go on about identifying? Okay, so we know ki, like there are some childhood traumas or some childhood incidents that have caused some changes in us that have led to some self-esteem issues. So how do we go on about like identifying them and like working backwards to, you know, undo all those incidents and go back to a healthy self-esteem and healthy way of being? Yes. So Akash, uh, that's a very good question and a very good uh, realization that now I feel people are, uh, you know, kind of realizing and valuing it that there is something which is not right rather than blaming the outside people have started acknowledging that there is something inside me which is making me feel like this. Am I right? Am I on the same lines? What you're trying to say that we are able to understand that yes, I have self-esteem issue and there is something which is bothering. Are we talking like that? Yeah. Like, um, like it's not just for me. Like, no, I, I understand. Yeah. We're talking in general. Yeah. 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 In, in general, like, now I understand that it wasn't necessarily my parents. They had gone through similar circumstances and that's what lead them to acting now, right. the way they're acting. And right. that in turn is affecting me. So it's like right. two generations of undoing that we are supposed to do. So while going through it might be a longer change, but how can we at least talk about it and undo it ourselves? Like start actually doing the undoing process both for ourselves and maybe for our own parents so it becomes easier. Especially in my case, like as they, as my parents grow older, I can kind of see they are stuck in their own patterns and habits, which I haven't noticed when I was a child. So I can see like it's not helping them anymore and it's kind of hurting them. And as we see our parents getting older, it hurts for us as a child to see them going through that. And when we try to talk back to them or not talk back to them, like making them understand um, like what's going on with them and why aren't they doing it. So they can't get out of that pattern because it's like 60 years of that yeah. they have gone through. Right. So how can we start the undoing process for both for them and for us? So when you talk about your parents and you, I mean, in psychological term, we call it victim of a victim. So, you know, so your, your parents have gone through something which they could not help and there wasn't a choice or maybe the awareness. And now you feel that you have to go through the same because... Obviously, their lack of understanding and learning at that time, and which is coming in the way of your being. So, how you can start doing one? Honestly speaking, you cannot help someone who is not willing to help themselves. You know, a lot of people of your age who comes to me, they come with similar kind of problem and say that, you know, these are the things which is happening. I'm trying to make my parents understand they are not getting it, and you know, you get into distress. You keep trying, you keep feel frustration and that also leads to a lot of, uh, you know, unhealthy relationships that also lead to a lot of, uh, you know, stress in the house. So I would say that you have to do the best you can do for yourself and not try to change them. 
not try to if they are looking for help they have to reach out they have to either come to you and say that look we feel that you know we haven't really done justice to our own self or to our own lives and we want to do something about it you cannot help someone who is not looking for help even if it is your parent even though you understand that because of which they are suffering we cannot help them to break those patterns until they are willing to do something about it that is a very big challenge that even we face in counseling where people would say can you talk to my parent and i say i can talk but it won't make a difference until mm. they are open to change my telling things or your telling things will not make a difference until they feel there is a problem lot of time because of their conditioning whatever is happening they are so stuck at that point that they are not ready to understand that there could be an alternative way of looking at things they call it in the name of ritual they call it in the name of their religion they call it in the name of their society social reasons they have so many of their own reason to be stuck there that it's very difficult to move them until they feel that it is creating a problem for them and for their child which they don't realize a lot of time they their their outlook is still stuck up there that bachche aise ho gaye hain they don't want to understand उनको समझ नहीं आता है यू नो आजकल के बच्चे सो दे आर स्टिल वेरी आउटवर्ड फोकस दे आर स्टिल नॉट एबल टू अंडरस्टैंड यू नो एज अ फैमिली वी ऑल कैन मूव टू स्टेप्स फॉरवर्ड एंड डू समथिंग अबाउट इट सो अंटिल दे आर विलिंग टू सीक हेल्प यू कैन नॉट डू मच फॉर देम एज फार एज फॉर योर सेल्फ एंड पीपल लाइक यू आर योर एज और कंसर्न वेर वी रियलाइज दैट येस आई एम फीलिंग there is a lack of confidence or self esteem or i find it difficult to say no or i am getting difficulty in having healthy relationships one can work on inner child healing you can work on your traumas you can start the self love process for yourself so rather than expecting your parents to change and to you know try changing that equation you have to start taking care of yourself you have to start the process of self love you have to start the process of um, you know developing a high better self worth for yourself you can start with inner child healing work either with the help of a therapist or uh, by yourself you know reading there is enough content available on the net or you can take a therapy help to do inner child healing and uh, you know on working on your self esteem self worth so uh, there is a therapy for that so you can do that to feel better thanks a lot so that that was a great advice thanks thanks for that yes yeah, thanks ranga that was very informative uh, i'd actually like to go back to something you mentioned a little earlier um in your answer so internet has certainly been the disruption of our lives it has been the the biggest disruption since um, i don't know the wheel <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> um and social media on top of that has has really just you know uh leveled the field for everyone everyone has access to everyone else's information everyone has infinite access to content right and uh, everyone has smartphones with great ram so they can play more than pacman on their phones now um so we we have a lot of we have a lot of parents asking us and uh, are concerned about the kind of content that their children are exposed to on the internet so uh, for example uh, we we see we see a lot of uh, teenage boys and girls who play 
video games that are quite violent they're exceptionally violent or exceptionally dark and uh, they invest significant periods of time in these activities and they seem to enjoy them it's also become so- a social activity now to be video gaming or to be engaging in um you know in 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 such in such group gaming activities um and not just not just in terms of gaming and violence there has also become there has also there's also uh, an infinite access to content so kids are going out there and exploring different kinds of media um so what is a healthy way to set boundaries on social media for children and if we feel like our child is exposed to say content that's very violent is that is it does it necessarily have a negative impact on them does it necessarily translate them to being um violent beings or being uh, you know having temper issues so on and so forth so to what degree is the content that we are exposing children to affecting them that's that's what we're trying to get at so you know the uh, what is the i mean i think two questions to put it apart one you said that what is the impact of the content of social media on the child yes if i got it right and your second question would be that how do we manage the social media uh, you know intake of a child right if am i right in understanding it yes yes yeah. there are two parts of it so you know answering the first part of it talking about the content of social media and the impact of the social media content of on a child so the content depends again depends on the age when children are into their formative years you know especially when they are young like i'm talking about children from the age group of uh, 5 6 years to teens or pre teens that is a very crucial age in the age of 8 years 80% of the child mind development takes place the child brain development is happening 80% of the child brain get developed in the age of 8 years 7 to 8 years so those are very crucial years for the child so whatever you are putting up whatever they are watching it is directly getting into their subconscious so it is a very important understanding here that our subconscious when the children are small it is more of their subconscious mind which is working the mind which does not have a power of judgment so if i tell a child why there is a low self esteem that we talked about when we say someone when the child is young and the teacher or a parent say you are stupid child will believe it at that point that i am stupid or i am dumb or i am not intelligent or i am a slow learner so if a statement you make in the age of 7 8 years they just get imbibed in children because at that point of a time their conscious mind is not developed that means their uh, logical mind to think what is right and wrong is not there so all the information whether it is through social media or from the environment that they are gathering it is directly getting into their subconscious so now you can imagine the impact of it subconscious it is like a uh, you know like a fertile ground when where you are putting up the seeds hmm. and now when i'm growing up those seeds are growing in the form of habits those seeds are growing in the form of my attitude my behavior and my personality so my eight year of experiences makes my i would say 80% of my life that's quite an astonishing data but that's a fact and that is why the childhood years are so important so whatever i am feeding in those eight years either through social media or through the environment 
it is directly going into my subconscious and from there i am developing lot of concepts lot of beliefs lot of behaviors so when you are talking about a child being aggressive yes there could be a lot of aggression that child has seen in childhood like uh, family fights parent fights or maybe a lot on uh, social media internet so all of that would definitely have some level of contribution in the aggression of the child so i would say i mean i mean if you really have to look at the screen time and the content until the age of 8 years there are schools there are parents who are even following it up to the t the child should not be exposed to social media at all if possible i understand in today's time it is very difficult but then we have to cut down their screen time and we have to monitor very closely what they are watching and what is the kind of impact it happens on them you know there is always a story which i say and it always makes me smile that when we all were kids especially the girls we would see um, you know our hindi movies and the cartoon character where there is a uh, um, you know a prince coming on a horse and taking the girl and happily married ever after or happily ever after do you think that it resonate with reality on any level but half of the marriages fall apart because of these hindi movie notions that we put into a child or a girl's mind while growing up that this is how a man should be what they are showing in movies you know wooing you pampering you fighting with your parents fighting with his parents and going out of the way and doing things for you it is far from reality so when we are exposing a child too much to these kind of things it is definitely making them form beliefs which are not true in real life so uh, i would say the impact of media and data is a lot on children especially small children so we should try avoiding it we should monitor what they are watching and we should also keep talking to them about their understanding about it so that is the second level of correction we can do if i can't stop my child from watching but at least understanding their notion about it like you know i would always tell my daughter when she is growing up all this prince concept doesn't happen in real life there is a no prince which comes and you know rescue and take you away and make your life fine there is no concept of a prince so they have to be grounded to reality so lot of these stories just take you to a fantasy land you know <laughs> So, uh, so it's very important to manage what they're watching, and I would say restrict it, and then talk about it. Talking about their understanding, talking about what they have got out of it, what is their understanding of what they see. Yeah. Wow, Priyanka, I have I, chills right now. I think uh, that was beautiful. I think we actually that more than um, like must have answered your question in the most perfect way possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, it's so great that you pointed out so many different ways that social conditioning affects us no matter what age you are. You know, yes. just the things that we saw especially as children, it's crazy that they can affect us like 40 50 years down the line as well. So, yes, I think that's all the more reason to try and unlearn the practices like Akash had asked as well, you know. Uh, and I think no matter what age you are, no matter where you're coming from, just as an effort to just make your life better i think it's never too late to start unlearning to make your own quality yes. of life better so i think yes. uh, that's a great message that you put out there priyanka thank you so much for that 
and we're so just, just, add, just adding up one more point now that you just said that you know we are sowing the seeds in the subconscious mind either unknowingly through social media or through our personal bottling in the house and then when you know the children grow up like at the age of 25 30 when they have issues can you just understand that the therapy and the process we are again using is to sow new seeds into their subconscious so there are things which has been given in the childhood which is now resulting into a particular behavior now i need to unlearn so i need to put some new seeds like when we talk about affirmation when we talk about visualization as you know therapy tools or people to they're all working again on a subconscious level so now when i realize as an adult that there are things which has been into my mind which i need to change we tell people, okay, you do affirmation, I love myself. I mean, if all of you would have read the book on Dooley Hay, mm-hmm. you know, she's written a full book on affirmation on loving yourself. Mm-hmm. So all these affirmation are again working on a subconscious level where you are again trying to say that, okay, now you say, mm-hmm. I love myself, I am confident and I am strong. So we are trying to make those corrections which by mistake happened in childhood in form of my beliefs which are not healthy. Now I am correcting this belief, again trying to tap the subconscious. But as a child, the whole subconscious is available. So whatever you are sowing, it is going straight there. There is no effort. When I am an adult, I have to make an effort to tap my subconscious to put these beliefs in. So, yeah. Wow, Priyanka, thank you so much. And uh, I think uh, uh, we have a comment in the chat that sums this up perfectly. It, it was an incredible learning experience for all of us, I think. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, it's really lovely that, okay, even if we didn't get to hear these things when we were growing up, better late than never, right? So right. it's really lovely that uh, we get to get all this knowledge from you, Priyanka. So it's really, really an honor to uh, share this platform with you and to learn so much from you. And uh, yeah, uh, does anyone have any last questions to squeeze in before we wrap up the call? Okay, I think everyone has uh, got their dose of knowledge today. But uh, Priyanka, thank you so much for being here. And we have learned so much today. And it's really, really incredible the work that you do day in and day out. And the fact that you took uh, an hour out of your time and helped us and were so honest and forthcoming about, uh, you know, all the questions. And it's really wonderful to hear a professional's take on it. And you are obviously someone who comes with a world of experience. So that was um, really, really incredible and eye-opening for all of us to hear. And yeah, you can see all of the uh, wonderfully positive comments supporting into the chat. So thank you so much, Priyanka. I would also like to thank my Niamat team, Akash and Rigakshi, for being here and for keeping the session interactive. And uh, yeah, guys, it's really great to work with you. And yeah, let's just keep this going. I think uh, I always enjoy the sessions. And finally, yeah, uh, the parents, thank you so much for being a part of this session. I hope that uh, you enjoyed it and that you learned something from it. And um, yeah, I also wanted to point out that Priyanka holds a lot of sessions like these. Uh, and uh, she and uh, I will be sharing her uh, contact and email uh, with you very soon. And um, Priyanka, would you like to talk about any sessions that you will be holding? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, that for this year I have taken admission. Uh, you know, when I have so many these young adults coming to me, that it they touched my heart, and I just feel now I am taking it as a personal mission to you know 
build happy families together. So that's my mission. And that's why I'm so happy that Ananya, you had the first session of this year I'm having with these lovely set of people to start with. So my idea is to even approach parents and have more of parenting patients so that I can, uh, you know, connect them together. Because mm -hmm. I feel one of the challenge that I see through these uh, kids who are coming to me uh, is more of communication gap. As a parent, mm -hmm. the parent feels that my child don't love me, they don't understand, they're a ripple. But trust me, I'm saying here, when they come to me, the only complaint they have is I don't feel loved at home. Mm -hmm. I don't feel understood by my parents. And I think that just get me like my tears here and I just feel I could do something for them just to connect that bond. And that's where I just made a mission this year to help people connect, bond better and uh, have more sessions where I can have parents and understand from their perspective and try to get the families together. The parents are doing a lot. They want their children to be happy. But sometimes in the process of society pressures, you know, our own conditioning, uh, we are not able to do what we really want to do. We want the children to be happy, but maybe because of a conditioning, society, cultures, we lose the essence. Mm -hmm. And rather than happiness, you know, uh, uh, things are just going into a different direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is so surprising to me when I see all those people who are doing so well in their life, their career. They don't come to me talking about career, girlfriend. They can deal with all of that. What they can't deal with is their parents being unhappy from them. That is their biggest trauma. And that's what I want to work on, on people building up happy families together. So that's so great, Priyanka. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having us here. And this was so great for everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining everyone. I hope this was great for you. And I hope we can do a few more of these. Um, I hope we can find topics that Priyanka can shed more light on. And we can be back here for some more information, some more education. Uh, so yes, uh, happy new year to everyone and have a great evening. Thank you so much for coming. Folks, that was Priyanka Mansinger. Hope you enjoyed that segment. Until next time, stay mindful, stay happy.